G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our guest on the line today is Damien Wild. He's part of the Australian Family Coalition. And we do have a Facebook post you can make a comment on. I had a few comments through already asking the question there, how do you think Australia will look if the battle for religious freedom and radical gender ideology is lost We've got a few comments coming in there. Make your comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. We will be opening the phone lines shortly. And our guest is Damien Wild from the Australian Family Coalition. He's based in Adelaide, South Australia. And we're going to be talking a bit about the huge issues developing in Australia that will potentially change the face of freedoms as we know them. All around the world, the catch cry is ringing out. The battle lines are clearly drawn. So which side are you going to be on? There's some significant developments to explore today. The Eternal, uh, Attorney General Michaelia Cash says the Religious Discrimination Bill is set for debate before the end of this year. In South Australia, there's been a raging controversy around the Liberal Party, blocking more than 500 Christians from joining for fears they might bring their Christian views into the Liberal Party. And human life is under constant assault at both the beginning and the end of life. Our special guest today says there is a war raging, whether we admit it or not, and it's being fought in our parliaments, on the airwaves, in our classrooms, and even in our homes. Uh, Damien Wild from the Australian Family Coalition is joining us on the line. Uh, Mate, welcome along. Do you think it's an overreaction to be talking in terms of war on this topic? Look, Matt, that's a good question, and I think at times, you know, I've quite consciously shied away from overusing that sort of talk and from amping it up. But the other week I was reading uh, some snippets from Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, and he was talking about this very thing, that that there is a war raging, the battle lines are drawn, so pick a side. And I couldn't help but, you know, come to the conclusion that it's not overdoing it. It's, um, you know, the, the desire not to scare people or panic people basically has to be overridden, I think, by an overwhelming realization that this war is going on. And as you said, it's going on um, not just in parliaments, not just in courts. It's going on in classrooms. It's going on over the airwaves. It's happening in our family homes. So, you know, to adopt the ostrich routine of sticking our heads in the sand won't make it go away. It's it's clear that uh, Christians need to get more involved in these processes. And uh, I know that uh, you often speak at different events and, and talk on this topic and you've got a bit of an analogy from The Lord of the Rings, one of my favourite uh, book and, and movie series. What's your analogy there, mate? Oh, it's a fantastic book. I can't speak highly of it enough. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to reread it for the first time in over 20 years recently. I hadn't even read it, I realised, since the movies came out. And I was insistent with my son that he couldn't watch the films until he'd done the right thing and read the book first. And of all the different things he could read, you know, it was those lines from uh, Aragorn and Theoden that jumped out. You know, I won't risk open war. And the response, of course, well, it's upon you whether, you, whether you wish it or not. So really, it's how we react at this point. Yeah, it's a very good point. I actually heard uh, uh, Mark Robinson, a Christian MP, speak at my church a couple of years ago on this topic. And 
he said it's uh, a bit like Star Wars. Um, there, there was a, a scene in Star Wars where there was a couple of people, I think it was Finn and Ray. they were reluctant. They didn't want to fight in the battle that was being raged, but the battle had come to them, so they had to fight. And then Ray, mm-hmm. when she started fighting, she realised she, she realised she had superpowers too. <laughs> and it's a, it's a bit like for us as Christians, you know, we, we think, oh, politics, uh, all this battle for the family and for family values, conservative values, oh, should we really fight it? But really, it's come to us and we really don't have a choice. We've got to speak up before we lose all of our freedoms, don't we? Well, absolutely. And, you know, history, uh, whether fiction or non-fiction, is replete with tales of reluctant heroes. I mean, we don't need to go much further than scripture. And, you know, just listening to your talk then, Goliath is out there. Goliath is uh, in our classrooms. Goliath is on the TV. You know, we need a few more Davids. And, uh, you know, people would be amazed at what they can do, particularly, you know, joining forces with other like-minded people. It's really incredible to see what happens when people can and do push back. So a little bit of my story, uh, Damien. You know, I was uh, a youth pastor for 10 years I became a senior pastor 15 years ago, and uh, probably up until about 10 years ago, all I thought was the best way to change the world is win souls, have a great church, and you know care for the poor. Just you know do do whatever uh, I can do just to change the world um, as a as a pastor. And then I joined the National Day of Prayer team with guys like Warwick Marsh and Graham mm. McLennan, and got to meet a whole bunch of. Christian politi- uh, politicians and Christian leaders, and and I, my eyes were opened to the the slippery slope that we were seeing in our parliament and and in our media and in our in our nation, and I I decided to speak up. But you know what? As soon as I started to speak up, people would leave my church. People people would unfriend me on Facebook. People would think, oh, he's he's gone all political on us. Um, there's uh, there's some Christians that think we should just be praying about this and and just trying to win souls, but we actually have to do both and not either or, don't we? Well, absolutely. I mean, render unto Caesar is not uh, you know some sort of scriptural injunction to just forget the whole thing. It's actually that you know we have obligations to the church and the world. We are to be in the world but not of it. Mm. Um, so you know, going back to the, the ostrich thing, that just doesn't check out as a Christian, even if it were to make sense in any way, which it doesn't. Um, you know, we are part of this world. We are called, called to be salt and light. Um, so it's just remarkable how many people do seem to unfortunately have that idea that, you know, it's it's not for us, it's not our mandate, or even worse, that it's somehow dirty and, you know, beneath us and, and to view it with contempt. You know, there's a saying that victory goes to those who show up, and that could not be more true than what we're seeing at the moment, culturally, politically, when Christians and people of goodwill vacate the field, you know, bad ideas and bad ideology fills the void. Nature abhors a vacuum. Mm, so true. And when we're looking at uh, some of these hot topics today, um, radical gender ideology, once written off as a bizarre mm. fringe concept, but it's marching relentlessly through schools, workplaces and beyond, and it's getting weirder and more extreme by the week. What's, what's your take on that? Well, I remember writing those words a few weeks ago, and since that time, uh, Matt, something astonishing has happened in our federal parliament. Um, Malcolm Roberts, a One Nation senator to his credit, who's put a, a lot of good motions through the Senate in recent times, including trying to you know, frown upon the use of bizarre gender language, went one step further last week and he put up what I thought was a very well-written motion, for the most part just expressing genuine concern about gender dysphoria, which obviously is a, an issue plaguing particularly younger people and you know, in rising numbers at the moment. 
But it then went on to actively say, despite the fact that federal parliament has very limited powers in these areas, but sending this signal would have been a really good move, he wanted them to adopt in the motion uh, a condemnation of using experimental and unproven uh, chemicals, hormones, puberty blockers and so on, or irreversible surgery for minors. What he was essentially saying is, look, you know, let's just adopt a wait-and-see approach, an air of caution, because once these things are done to young people, it, it changes their life drastically and forever. And the most astonishing thing was this very sensible motion was defeated. And overwhelmingly so. One side of politics, the Labor Party, decided en masse they were going to vote against it. Uh, no conscience vote given. And even while the coalition did the right thing, half a dozen of its members crossed the floor to side with Labor and the Greens. So even in our federal parliament, we have this bizarre situation where expressing you know, concern for children over their future in, in the midst of all this gender madness, basically, um, was, was defeated. Um, so... Australians, parents, grandparents ought to be really concerned about this. Well, it certainly is uh, eye-opening what's happening there. And the other big topic is uh, religious freedom. It hasn't been preserved and continues to be chipped away. What's what's the latest on that? Well, that's been of concern to me for a long time, Matt. Um, you know, during the marriage campaign, of course, you know, it's now four years ago, we were promised umpteen times that don't worry about it now, we'll just get this legislation through and after the fact we'll, we'll worry about your freedoms, we'll work something out down the track. The track. Well, you know, here we are nearly four years on and we've seen nothing other than a couple of drafts from the government, which I've got to be brutally honest, have been pretty lacking, very substandard and nothing like what I think many Australians, the nearly 40% who voted no in 2017, were led to believe that they would have by way of protections. And there are many more Australians who voted yes, but did so on the basis that they thought that protections would be provided. We've seen to date you know, a few drafts of this bill which uh, just fit within the same anti-discrimination framework. There's no positive promotion of our freedoms. Uh, it's been pretty worrying. And then, of course, we had COVID come along uh, and put the entire thing on the back burner. So, look, it's, it's promising to hear the government talking about suddenly resurrecting this issue, bringing it forward. I'd like to think that they've seen the clock ticking and realised that a federal election is approaching. They need to make good on this promise. They need to reach out to you know a large number of voters uh, in the community who are very concerned about this issue and, and really um, made that clear, I think, at the 2019 election when, when Morrison won his surprise victory off the back of the quiet Australians. The quiet Australians really need to see the government deliver on this. So, look, it's promising. We, we haven't seen the fine print yet, but we, we watch with bated breath. 1-800-316-316. And we've got Val from Mackay in Queensland. How are you, Val? Hi, I'm fine. you got a question or uh, comment I'm for Damien? Very concerned about the complacency of much of the church in the face of all this gender uh, stuff that's going on. And I'm shocked that that bill got through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus taught us to pray that God's name be honoured, his will be done, and his kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. And, um, you know, we, we are really disobeying the Lord. Lord, if we um, don't speak up on these issues, we have to bring God's perspective on these things. And, uh, you know, there was a saying that uh, you don't mix religion and politics. Well, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the church very much has to get involved in these things. We have to make a difference in the world. Absolutely, Val. Damien, what are your thoughts, mate? I couldn't agree with Val more. And, um, you know, following on from your experiences, mate, you were talking about earlier, uh, I can say to Val, and I don't say this to discourage her, but, you know, one thing that just really brings home for me this this complacency or worse from among the church at times Sometimes when we send out a, an email to our database, which is pretty sizable, we're talking, you know, an, an email blast out to tens of thousands of people, it always pains me when, among the people who unsubscribe, and I understand why people do that from time to time, I see pastors and priests and ministers unsubscribe, and I can usually work out why. It's often that it's a difficult issue, it's something that's, you know, pricked at their consciences, and they don't want to talk about. And that's a really sad thing, and I think bears out what Val's talking about. But at the end of the day, look, for our, our church leaders, first and foremost, we need to pray for them. But I think an important thing, rather than just nagging or needling them to, to do what they should be doing, is perhaps firstly to encourage them uh, and thank them and give them you know, due credit when they do do the right thing and just gently and softly encourage them to let them know that this matters to their, their congregation, to their community, and that our community at large, you know, the, the wider Australian population, needs to hear these messages because you know the gospel takes many forms, not just the way that many choose to preach it on a Sunday morning, but through many of these really important social issues. Any thoughts can on I that, Val? One other, can I just make one other point? Yes. Um, well, a lot of people think, well, it's, it's nothing to do with us because we're going to be mm. taken out any minute now and we don't need to get involved with the affairs of the earth. And it's this whole teaching... Uh, that has affected a lot of Christians, and we've become apathetic. What are your thoughts on that, Damien? Well, I, I understand that. I think C.S. Lewis had a fantastic quote that, um, you know, the world might last five minutes, you know, and until the end, but in the meantime, we're to go on doing, doing our duty, you know, to live each day as though we're at our last, but uh, to plan as though the world might last 100 years. And I think for me as a father, you know, I have a real investment in this because, you know, whatever this place looks like when I leave it behind, I care very dearly, as I'm sure Val does, about what the future looks like for, you know, the coming generations of Australians. So I understand these challenges, but we've just got to push on. Absolutely. Well, Val, thank you so much for your call. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Damien Wild from the Australian Family Coalition, Defending the Family promoting a society grounded on conservative Christian values and aspiring to safeguard our basic freedoms. Now, you can make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. They were asking the question, how do you think Australia will look if the battle for religious freedom and radical gender ideology is lost? Uh, we've got a few good comments coming through there. I'll get to those in the next half hour. Uh, you can make a comment there or give us a call. Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. And we've got... Uh, Darren from Underwood joining us uh, on the line there. Let me just uh, open up the phone lines there and see if we've got... Darren, are you there, mate? Yeah, how are you going, Matt? Good, thanks, Darren. Have you got a question or a comment for Damien? Yeah, uh, great work, Damien. Um, we certainly are in interesting times, and uh, I suppose, like, um, to reiterate what a lot of people are probably... Um, so, saying at the moment is, uh, yeah, the church does appear apathetic, but I don't think that's anything new. Like, uh, you know, we just have to look back to Bonhoeffer and um, Luther and um, quite a few of these people that tried to, that were in similar times, 
but um, I guess my question is how do we um, what is the church's role at the moment like we certainly have had a role to play in political arenas in the past with the ending of abolition of slavery and those type of things but um, just wondering what the church's role is at the moment um, because obviously we, we want to move people to believe in Christ that's our mission on earth um, but yeah uh, to prevent us looking like nineteen nineteen Russia before it became communist <laughs> what could your comments be? Yeah, I, I apologise. My phone dropped out just at the start of your comments. I came in at Bonhoeffer that you're asking what the the church's role is today in the, in that regard. Um, well, it, it, in regards to um, you know, like the times we're living in, um, because so many hmm. Christian leaders in the past have opposed many things, and what mean, meanwhile the church was very apathetic. Um, you know, like even Luther and some of those people stood up in their time uh, without with very little support um, and there's been many who've worn churches over the centuries of and governments of different um, agendas and fell on deaf ears but um, what what would you say the role of the church is today uh, hmm. I, I don't think the role of the church has changed at all in fact if anything I think ironically the the issues that the church is dealing with, while they're perennial, have almost sort of circled right back to the beginning. You know, you, you talked about communism and some of the and abolition of slavery, you know, seismic sort of issues in which Christians were involved. But ironically, with the assaults today on life, on marriage and the family, and, you know, state-sanctioned sort of um, madness, for want of a better phrase, we're actually Harkening back, I think, to the days of the early Christians in the Roman Empire, when it was Christians who would um, save abandoned infants, it was Christians who were promoting, you know, monogamy, marriage, and the family unit. It was Christians who would say, "Look, I'm, I'm the emperor's good servant, but I'm not going to offer incense." And you know, I really think that there are some very clear parallels with the society emerging around us today. So the role of the church, the role of Christians in that regard, while constant, it's to call people, um, you know, to that to that vision, to the truth. Um, the the way in which that is panning out really is coming back to the early days of the church, and I think if anything, that's going to require a huge amount of courage from individual Christians, uh, the likes of which they haven't been called on to give for a long time. Do mm. you think we're up to the challenge? <laughs> well. I, I hope so. I, I believe so. But time will tell. Yeah, very good comments, Damien. Yeah. Good on you, Darren. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you, Matt. Bless God, you bless, God bless you, mate. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. And uh, we're talking with Damien Wild from the uh, Australian Family Coalition. And uh, you can also make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We've got David from Perth in WA. How are you, David? Yeah, um, good morning and good day. Um, just wanted to make a couple of comments, one from a previous caller and uh, one about the um, Constitution. Uh, the one about the previous caller is that um, we, we seem to be in this um, rollover culture. We're, we're really stuck into it. It's uh, prevalent within the church. And it's prevalent with 
um, society as a whole. We just don't want to rock the boat. Uh, we don't want to sort of get involved because we might uh, lose something or we're just too busy or whatever our reasons are, but we're not getting involved because um, we're too deep in this rollover culture and um, this permissiveness within the church is probably the greatest sin um, of our time. So um, everyone needs to just wake up um, because we can see the conversation and it's going on um, not just today but with uh, other people that you have on your show. Um, this is uh, really rife. And the other point I want to make is uh, with the Constitution, where it says um, our religious freedom is, is guaranteed, um, we need to have legislation by those who are in power or in Parliament that follow the Founding Fathers' ideal of what religious freedom is. Because if we break faith from the Founding Fathers um, with the, the Constitution, then we're really breaking away from the Constitution as, as per se. So we really need to stick with um, what, what they meant and we need to go through the history of that. We need someone who will um, want to do that and stick close to the Constitutional as it was written um, back in uh, 1901. Damien, what are your thoughts on that? A lot to unpack there. The the first point, um, and I'll, I'll go to that first, and hopefully I won't forget all the rest. The first was, you know, much like the previous call about, you know, Christians and, and church leaders in this current environment. Um, the comment I would make is that I think too many people misunderstand what St. Paul said when he said, you know, I am all things to all men. He wasn't saying, I want to be everybody's friend. <laughs> I'll be whatever you want to be, me to be. I won't, I won't upset you. He was saying, I'll be one of you. You know, I will go among you. And I think that's what we need today, not people who are you know, too afraid to upset uh, by saying, quote unquote, controversial things. We need Christians, we need church leaders to step up. The second question, the one about the Constitution, that's a very, very challenging one. Um, obviously, it was written and drafted in a time where Australia was overwhelmingly a practicing Christian nation. Uh, I think it was Downer, one of the founding fathers, who said, you know, Australia shall be from its outset a Christian nation. Interestingly, many of the provisions in there regarding uh, freedom of religion, sorry, I shouldn't say many, there aren't too many at all, but those provisions really were written at a time when there was a desire to avoid sectarianism between different Christian denominations. And rightly or wrongly, the courts have over the decades since ruled that many of those freedoms are not absolute at all. Um, that you know, it, what we take to be freedoms granted by the Constitution may not be there. Now, I'm not making an argument on that, but whether we agree with that or not, that's how it's been deemed to be. So I guess that legal framework and also the fact that Australia is not what it was in 1901, um, you know, with overwhelming church attendance or at least adherence or at least an understanding of basic norms, we've drifted so far from those moorings that it's going to be a real challenge to get the sort of laws that we want to see, certainly laws that reflect, I think, what the founding fathers of this nation would want to see. So I don't say that as discouragement, but just to realise that this is going to be a huge, monumental task ahead of us. And that's another reason, if we didn't have enough already, that we all have to get involved and have our say. David, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Um, yes, well, that's exactly right. We need to get involved and we need people to actually stand up and 
not be part of the rollover culture and get behind people who are um, writing the legislation and then, and get a message to our local members and to, to Canberra that um, we're not going to take this lying down. And um, mm. we just need people to, to have some backbone and, and stand up. Yeah. Well said, David. Mate, thank you so much for your call mm. today. God bless. God bless. Bye. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on one 316 or you can make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And we've got Sandra from Tasmania. How are you, Sandra? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? Good. Have you got a question or comment for Damien? Oh, um, I'd just like to thank him for um, bringing this conversation up because it really is important. And I think uh, it is a time that we... We need to see a change because I, I do think it's um, things that our um, generations have forgotten what a privilege it is and uh, we need to be encouraging um, our politicians, our ministers and uh, fight for our children what is right and, and be praying for our children too. We've got five and and um, I think it's really encouraging. They need Christian friends that we can really fight for this too. But, yeah, just wanted to encourage both you two with, with this conversation. Thank you so much. Damien, what are your thoughts, mate? Sandra, that, that's extremely kind of you, and I, I couldn't agree more with everything you've said. Um, when I started doing this work nearly 20 years ago, I was a, a younger bloke. I had a lot more hair. Um, um, <laughs> Didn't we all? And, um, and I, yes, and I, you know, I think while I, I always cared about it, you know, I tended to come at it, I think, from a fairly sort of intellectual point of view that, an academic sort of point of view. I've got seven kids now and, um, you know, I, I feel that I have a real stake in this, if not for myself, but for their future. And, you know, if I can leave this place a little bit better than I found it, that'd be a good thing. So thank you and certainly keep up your efforts and your prayers. Well, thank you. Yes, <laughs> we'll continue to be praying for you all too. Thank you. Thanks, Sandra. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Okay. Bye. Bye. God's blessings too. And phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We've got about 10 minutes left with Damien on the phone. So if you want to chat to him, give us a call now, 1-800-316-316. And uh, Damien, we've got an interesting comment at our Facebook post here. Uh, you know, we're asking the question at Facebook, how do you think Australia will look if the battle for religious freedom and radical gender ideology is lost? And Tara's made a comment saying, this is a very relevant question in light of the ABC Kids Community Facebook site. They published on June 18, Kids Ask About Gender. You know, radical gender ideology is already here and it's being pushed by our taxpayer-funded media outlet. Now, Damien, don't get me started about the ABC, but they're pushing <laughs> on the ABC Kids community now. What, what are your thoughts on that, mate? I saw a few snippets of that last night and I, I could not believe it. There's not much that shocks me anymore. There's really not. But to see that... Not in America, not in some dark recess of the internet. To see that on ABC shocked me because my taxes, your taxes pay for this. You know, there are a large number of Australian parents and grandparents who perhaps rather naively think that it's still okay to use the TV as a babysitter. And it's just not. Not when auntie, quote unquote, our uh, ABC is broadcasting this into Australian homes. So... You know, this is just one of many issues that people could be contacting their parliamentarians about, particularly in the lead up to a federal election. Um, this is something that we would be rightly concerned about, even if it wasn't our taxes paying for it. But to have that added dimension just adds, adds insult to injury. 
So between this and what's going on continuously in many classrooms, many state-based you know, curricula and so on, there is, to circle back to the, the opening lines of this, this conversation, the battle lines are drawn. We, we have to pick a side. And, you know, I've been, uh, you know, watching the, the slow decline, well, sorry, the quick decline of the ABC for many years. Uh, you know, for example, there's a show called One Plus One uh, where they interview someone for 30 minutes. And I always love finding out people's stories, you know. Uh, they've mm. now got a drag queen as the host. And, you know, the number of times I've seen guests on there that are, you know, the LGBT crowd, uh, you know, I'd, just, I'd love to see a, a Christian minister there for for a change, or a Christian musician, or you know, <laughs> someone with conservative values. Like I watch the I watch Q and A, and you know, my TV leans so far to the left it nearly falls off the cabinet. Uh, it just it's it's like bleedingly obvious <laughs> the uh, the bias of the ABC. Um, do you, what do you think about funding? Do you think we need to you know be challenging the government to to defund the ABC? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've, for what it's worth, I've watched Q&A twice in my life, twice, and only because I felt duty-bound. One was when uh, Cardinal Pell was taking on Richard Dawkins, and I thought I'd, I'd better watch that. And the other time was Jordan Peterson, and I wasn't disappointed. Um, but look, in terms of defunding it, look, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. I think the, the recent announcement of shifting some staff out to the western suburbs in Sydney is a great start, a great start. They might actually meet some real people and uh, learn what ordinary Australians, the quiet Australians are talking about the question of defunding it. Look, I think people shy away too much from having that conversation. Um, we need to ask why in this day and age uh, should our national broadcast, why should there be a national broadcaster? Uh, and why should a national broadcaster be funded to such a huge tune, uh, particularly when they're pumping out you know, very unfriendly messages? There are a lot of questions that need to be asked. I won't attempt to answer them today, but I just think it's a shame that too many in political life seem to be shying away from discussing that. That's what they're elected to discuss, and I think they ought to be doing it. And, you know, they talk about the Canberra bubble, that, you know, all the Canberra politicians are in a bubble, you know. What about the ABC bubble, you know, and, you know, they call it groupthink, you know, where you just get in a, in a group and everyone thinks the same, you know. Um, yet they look at the quiet Australians, you know, look at the people out in the bush. There's so many people with conservative values, yet they really mm -hmm. get... Uh, a voice on the ABC, so I'm a bit fired up about that. But we are taking calls. <laughs> like to call through and have a chat. Phone lines are open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We've got Dita from Adelaide. How are you, Dita? Well, thank you. Um, Damien may remember going back about fifteen years uh, when uh, he and I were in Newland uh, Liberal Party. I was a the president there for a while, and uh, I very quickly had to learn some lessons about uh, two-party politics and. Uh, uh, my question now is that um, next year we're going to election again. I'm totally disenchanted with the Liberal Party, especially here in Adelaide. Are we going to vote for, our, like, say, Bob Day's new party or any other Christian smaller minor party, or are we going to vote for the Liberals to get those Liberals that are now have joined by the hundreds in Adelaide here? Uh, are we going to vote for those, or are we going to disappoint those? What are your thoughts, Damien? It's a very, very interesting topic, Dieter. As soon as I heard your name, <laughs> I thought, I know this person. Um, it's a good question. And look, I've got to be a little bit cautious because AFC is not party political. We're not aligned one way or the other. But I will say to you, as I would say to anybody, um, don't be put off by recent happenings, um, regardless of which political party you see them in. I think there are too many reasons that people 
particularly Christians who, you know, looking for high standards, too quickly turn off of party politics. And I've been saying to people this last week, your voice is needed now more than ever. So find a place to get involved and just give it your best. Thanks, Damien. Thanks for your call, Dita. God bless. Thank you. Bless you. And if you'd like to uh, make a comment, join our conversation today. Uh, lots of comments coming through at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And uh, Damien, our time is almost up. Uh, before we go, I just thought, you know, we, we have been talking a lot about how we need to contact our MPs. We need to get on the media. We need to get on social media, speak up about this. Uh, but we also agree that prayer is powerful. And, you mm. know, I've been a part of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting team for many years. And we've seen an increase in prayer across the nation uh, on, on these topics and lots of prayer chains, prayer emails, you know, the Australian Prayer Network. There's been a lot of increase in prayer. Have you noticed an increase in prayer about these uh, topics in your circles? Oh, certainly. Um, you know, some of the groups you mentioned before, I think, uh, during COVID last year, the the rise of Zoom culture, for want of a better descriptor, uh, carried over into Christian life as well. And the number of people praying, praying online that I was aware of was just phenomenal. And I think a lot of that has continued, and that's a really good thing. Um, I'm aware of people who have nightly um, phone calls via different apps. Um, you know, they've set reminders in their mobile phones. They all dial in and pray together. And even in real time, um, you know, I'm, I'm calling you from South Australia this morning and some of the, the big issues we've dealt with here this, this year, including a radical abortion to birth bill, uh, a euthanasia bill, among others, saw a phenomenal outpouring of prayer, especially in real time. People opening their churches specifically to pray for these topics and making, you know, daytime slots available for people who wish to visit. So, you know, it's a probably a good, good thing for people to dwell on that despite all these negative influences in society, there's always a silver lining on a cloud. On the cloud, God works in mysterious ways. And it's been good to see these, these sorts of things come out of it. Absolutely. Whether it be, you know, as we're talking about prayer or even, I just think more people getting involved. I can tell you that, you know, the ranks of, of AFC have swollen considerably in the last year. And I know many people have gotten involved in political parties. There have been lots of really good things come out of all of these. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, it's so good to hear from you today, Damien, from the Australian Family Coalition. If people want to find the website, they can go to austfamily.com.au. And uh, we know that they're uh, looking for prayer partners, financial supporters, and people that just want to be in the loop with all, with all these things we've talked about today. Once again, the website is austfamily.com.au. Damien, thanks for joining us on 2020. Great to talk, Matt. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.